0: Hello and welcome back to why did Peter sink this episode is X's and O's if it looks good on paper what could go wrong let's talk about that ideas that look good on paper often don't work as expected compare a football play drawn in a playbook to what actually happens on the field these two things rarely if ever match perfectly This problem is the cause of many gray hairs among coaches as their plans fold like a house of cards when put into action in the real world. We live in a time where many ideas look good on paper or more specifically on screens and our mind is easily convinced that things we've tried and have not worked out well will work. If we just try it one more time, we tell ourselves this time it will be different. For example, We know that heavy drinking is a bad idea, but perhaps we'll try it this weekend. Or we know that dating multiple partners results in gunpowder and kerosene that brings about a relationship explosion, but what if, just maybe, everyone who ever lived through a tumultuous love triangle is wrong? Or on a wider scale, we have all observed socialism's train wrecks that invariably result in brutal dictatorships but let's give it another whirl, this time with feeling. We get fooled by the fruit on the tree without remembering what happens after the first bite. We need a plan, we need a starting point, a model to follow, and everyone is selling a playbook. Many of these plans have been proven to be bad ideas, even in our own experience, yet we keep trying them even after we know the likely outcome. A coach that keeps running plays that don't work will need a new job soon. In our lives, we know the patterns that fail, but like the stubborn coach, we can't accept that the X's and O's in our mind are bad ideas, even after repeated attempts that prove it. We're still convinced that our rag-arm quarterback can complete that bootleg rollout cross-body pass despite the last five attempts when it resulted in a pick-six touchdown for the defense. The coach who says... Let's run it again. We'll be searching for new employment soon. We privately know that the best model is the one used and put into practice by sober and boring coaches, not wild rebels, but it's hard to admit that there's a reason that Nick Saban draws the best players to Alabama year after year. He's sober, he's boring and he doesn't run dumb plays in his sober and boring way. He wins a lot. It works. It has always worked since the beginning of time. Adam and Eve just didn't like being bored. And that's where things went south really fast. Even while we are out testing theories and researching ways of living, we can see that the boring people keep the wheels on the bus. And we even rely on them doing that. No child who is out playing in the yard wants to come in for dinner If mom or dad is a hot mess that serves a cold meal, but forces the family to call it delicious. No, we want a balanced, tasty meal served hot and on time by a largely boring cook who follows the recipe and can execute the recipe. Or for another example, my accountant may be an alcoholic, but I don't want him drunk while he's doing my taxes. I would prefer that he be sober and boring and careful. In the IT world, compare the sober, boring, careful database administrator who says no to everything versus the fresh, out-of-college, wired programmer who wants to rip out the old stodgy system with the latest fad technology pulled down from GitHub. Or consider a business manager who patiently reviews expense reports versus the lavishly expending salesperson who is out wooing a whale of a client and throwing money around. Now, these roles are all important players on the roster of a business, but the reality is this. Someone has to be the jerk or the business will fold. Someone has to tell the creative people to rein it in or there will be no business. And if there's no creative people, then there's probably no business either. They're all needed. But if everyone is nice all the time and no one ever says no, then the production systems will collapse into disorder and the expense reports will swell and swell until bribery and embezzlement become side channels of compensation. It's just a fact that the moment the lock is removed from the safe, someone will start calling it petty cash. Now, the lawmakers of revolutionary America knew all this and for their various faults... They knew that allowances were needed for the wild-eyed rebels to explore the edges of the frontier. Recently did some podcasts about this topic. Um, But they also realized that tripwires needed to restrain the majority so that we didn't have any more Salem witch burnings igniting people on fire. Oddly enough, after 250 years, um, we're nearly back to witch hunting, but the witches being canceled are usually Christians now. And this may sound shocking, but Christians being burned makes a lot more sense to me than witches. Christians are supposed to be converting witches to the faith through the joyful witness of their lives and not burning anyone. But I can't go down that rabbit hole, otherwise I'll lose the thread here. So the founders also knew that the morality of the Christian tradition was the bedrock, the boring bedrock, that a stable country could be built upon. And even if they were only deists themselves and and Christians in name only, they relied upon that sober, boring group of people. They knew that humans needed some rope, some allowance for both creative and destructive rebellion, but not too much rope. They knew that when the fringe moved to the center, then the center would become the fringe, and that arrangement doesn't work. I've used the sandbox and the kitchen metaphor before. When a child's sandbox is brought into the kitchen, dinner will never be the same. Sand will get into the food, ha- little hands will get burned, the floor gets filthy, and if you have a cat, it's probably going to use it as a litter box. That's not sustainable. The place for fun is not in the operation center of the house. So the dabblers having fun in the sandbox, the tourists, the experienced seekers, the addicts, they are trying on ways of life. They're using different playbooks. They're trying to run plays from a playbook that is full of bad ideas. But even if they are told they are bad ideas, ideas, they will still run those same plays. Because to err is human. We know people will go there. And if you take away the playbook or the field they practice on, they will find a new place to play and probably even invent new and more weird plays. Explorers explore. We want to taste and try things on And we're steered, we're very much steered toward drinking, sex, and the pursuit of money. This is daily uh, steering by the images set before our eyes. We are tempted to seek, and we're told that our desires are our identity. So this manufacturing of seekers, and another word for seekers is consumers, because we are being manufactured that way, that is the primary goal of advertising and Hollywood writers. So there's a song, Try Everything by Shakira, and it's suggesting kids really try everything from skydiving to fantasy football to sodomy to fentanyl. Go for it. You are only the sum of your desires anyway. Um, That is how you will find rest. You have to try everything, or so we are told. Uh, There is an alternate option here offered by Jesus, which we tend to consider last. And he says, come follow me and I will give you rest. What's interesting is that Jesus not only looks good on paper, like any other shiny product or football play in the X's and O's, but he can execute the play and give a proper meaning and shape to your life, while he also gives you rest. The only problem is that Jesus gives it for free, so marketing and Hollywood are not needed. Shakira would have been wise really to add a third verse to her song, try everything that provided the proper ending to what she's suggesting. Um, here's a, here's a suggested third verse for try everything by Shakira. I tried it all. God, why am I still so lost? Now my fears are here and there's nowhere to turn. I tried it all to fill this hole inside help draw me Lord and we will run. Okay, that's just a suggestion. Um, I doubt she's going to do a second release of the song. But So country music and some rap music is actually much better about tying up the loose ends of story songs. Pop music tends to pretend that there's no act three in their stories, in their songs. But there's always at least three acts in every story. Otherwise, it's not much of a story. Uh, in producing a nation of consumers, which is what marketing and advertisement is doing to us and has done to us, uh, also, we also call them seekers. What With all of this happening, we have hit peak depression because people bought the tale that a life of a hedonistic rave can be fun forever. And this is why you see people bouncing like pin, pinballs from one wellness idea to the next, one diet to the next, one way of life to the next. You see it in Christians who bounce from one church to the next because the pastor isn't Feeding them, And one quick aside, again, if you are going to Mass to get something instead of to give, and that is to give glory to God, then you don't understand why St. Peter or Notre Dame or any other church was built in the first place. I won't go down that rabbit hole either, but I I have to mention that whenever it comes up. If you are expecting to be fed and constantly entertained, you will always be in the pinball machine, bouncing around, and never at rest. What we really want is meaning, purpose, and community, all of which are given all at once when faith in Christ settles into your bones and into your soul. Then you will find rest. When you follow him, the person of Jesus, the construction worker who is also God, as, uh, as a side bonus, you get community and people who will open up and talk about real things and how they actually feel, not just how many reps they can do or what their macros for protein are. Uh, entertainment and consumption are the great distractions of our time. And they are patterns that really need to be shattered because they're so addictive. And the good news is that Jesus will do all that for you for free. You just have to ask him and keep asking. So seekers get to learn the hard way in our consumer world. We get to learn the hard way because the school of life and hard knocks is brutally honest. There comes a day when the Netflix binge no longer brings joy, but crushing sadness. And that's the finger of God pressing on you while you lay on the couch. He's trying to wake you up. Fortunate ones will learn by others' bad behavior. Those who grow up with drunk parents who, quote, try everything, following Shakira's advice, uh, often conclude that trying everything leads to a thousand nightmares and years of therapy. So Shakira's advice is not very good. And this is why both AA and Al-Anon exist. The first one, AA, is for those who try everything and keep burning their hand on the hot stove. The second one, Al-Anon, is for those who had to figure out how to live with the nightmare of those who try everything and keep burning their hand on the hot stove. If you never leave the land of play, of try everything, you get stuck there. The longer you play in the sandbox the more the voice of your conscience becomes muffled so the sandbox plays by different rules it's often no rules and that's exactly why the sandbox is out in the yard and not in the kitchen the education of a child in the sandbox can teach valuable lessons that may not be taught while helping prepare dinner in the kitchen in places without established order or rules, you learn to, fl- to fight or to flee. And you can learn to lead, follow, or get out of the way. You learn your strengths and weaknesses out in that frontier, in the sandbox, in the wild. However, you can't live your whole life in the sandbox because imaginary games and child's play is not intended to become a permanent way of life. Eventually, if you are 60 years old and still playing in the sandbox, it becomes pathetic to see a grown man or woman still making mud pies and calling it cake. Other adults no longer think it's cute or funny as well. Even children don't. Um, if an old man is sitting in the sandbox with four-year-olds, you'd probably call the police. Likewise, if you've ever seen a 60-year-old man in a college bar checking out the sophomores, you know exactly what I'm talking about because they're in every college town. A sore thumb sticks out because it's not healthy. A fish out of water is out of place. It's not in the right environment. The presence of an old person in a young person's environment draws eyes because it doesn't make sense and we know it by instinct. There's a popular lie going around claiming that age is just a state of mind, which is exactly what the middle-aged creep in the nightclub is claiming while he sucks on the straw on his rail drink in the corner. Age is an immutable fact of time and space while mind is malleable to a mood or desire or how much sleep you had the night before i'll tell you a story about once when i had this idea age is just a state of mind once while training for a half marathon i convinced myself that running a pace of seven minute miles was just a state of mind it's just a state of mind and when the race began i kept telling myself. It's just a state of mind. Pace is just a state of mind. Then I learned in the race around the fifth mile that I was a liar and I crashed and burned. And I said, Nope, it's biology. It's biology. Pace is biology. My mile pace might be somewhat related to what my mind had decided as I could motivate myself with encouragement and mottos and, and little quotes. But my VO2 max is, was where the rubber met the road that day. So as we become more accustomed to virtual lives through screens and interfaces, we put far more credence in our imagined states than reality can support. I had trained hard for that race, thinking that what I decided in my head could be realized, but my physiology had a different fact and it presented reality abruptly to my mind, compliments of my lungs and legs. And this is the same thing that happens in pursuit of bad ideas invented in the mind. Usually there's some sickly tentacle growing from our desires around money, power, escape, or sex. We, we cannot live just as a soul, nor can we live just as a mind, nor just as a body. Uh, none of these make up the whole of ourselves. We are the totality of those things, all of them together. As I have mentioned before, quoting Peter Kraft. The reason that horror movies focus on either ghosts or corpses is because in the first, the soul lacks a body, and in the second, the body lacks a soul. And these terrify us because the body and soul go together. Mind is where we connect body and soul, and staring in a phone, we end up a zombie, neither body nor soul. The reason zombies need to have their brain destroyed to die is because they are staring into their inner phones, drooling over their desire and neither body nor soul is really connected for them they're just rotting bodies without a soul lumbering toward their insatiable desire that's in their mind i don't know if anyone can deny that someone staring into their phone looks exactly like a zombie you hate to wake them up because you think they might eat your brain with luck or divine intervention an awakening occurs or a savior arrives Rescue operations need to be present at all times to accept those with casualties returning from the sandbox, from the playing field where they used a a bad playbook, but some will reject any hand offered to them, and some will never reach for the hand. Until someone is ready to quit the sandbox and throw out the bad playbook, they don't understand the need to be rescued. Getting lost in the imagination is the cause of our mental illness pandemic in the age of screens. When we separate our body from our mind, we are no longer whole. The great irony is that the solution being presented is more mind. We need more apps. We're told we need zoom meetings to meet. Uh, We need more interactions with technology. That is the solution being thrown at us. Every time there's something about mental illness, Uh, we need, we need to download an app. We need to join a zoom meeting. We need to do this. No, we need to get off the devices, people. Whenever we look at the screen, we are severing our mind from our body and soul and entering into a false reality. And this happens with any gadget interaction, including virtual reality, which is where we are now headed compliments of our tech overlords. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. The isolation of the mind happens, whether you are scrolling websites or on a zoom with real people, the mind engages with the screen and the screen reflects the mind, the self. The person on the other end of the screen could just as well be a robot or software application. But what looks good on paper or on screen doesn't often play out well. Unless you follow the patterns of tried and tested usage, practiced in time and space, with real bodies and real souls, then you are winging it by following only words and feelings. The testing grounds for ideas is in the world, on the court, on the field, not what the X's and O's show on the screen. And any gray-haired coach can tell you that. Thanks for joining this episode of Why Did Peter Sink? We'll be back another time with another episode. Hope to see you soon.